It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Giannis goes off and helps the Bucks take care of the Lakers. The Jets are going with Joe Flacco at quarterback. Delete. And can the Falcons actually make a run at the playoffs? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Milwaukee Bucks are finally getting a bit healthier. They get Chris Middleton back in a tilt against the Lakers, who are still without LeBron James. And Giannis Antetokounmpo, you've heard of him. He goes for 47 in a 109-102 win. Joining me now from Locked on Bucks, Kane Pittman. And Kane, I, I don't want to overreact to a game in November, but this is closer to the version of the Bucks we thought we would see but haven't seen so far this season, mostly because of injury, right? Yeah, I joked about it after the game that the Bucks are back and they maybe weren't back <laughs> specifically with the way they played tonight or how they how they sort of work together. But certainly from a personnel standpoint, this is as close to being back as they've been since opening night, which was a month ago. It was also their first win at home since opening night, which was, was almost a month ago. So it's been just a, a really strange start to this season. And in many respects, the Lakers are in the same camp. No LeBron. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's ultimately a game that the Bucks had to get, and they did, which is a relief because they haven't always won the games that you probably feel like they should win this season. So I mentioned Giannis, 47 on 18 for 23. I had to double check that just now because I was like, wait, that can't be right. Those numbers cannot be right. But but they were in fact right. And he did it against a guy in Anthony Davis who is, and you know, AD was not the primary defender every possession. But AD is theoretically the guy best suited in the league, probably, to guard him. And and he made it look easy. Is it too much to say that someone that we just saw score 50 in a closeout game in the finals, who was coming off, you know, back-to-back MVP seasons before last year, has actually gotten better here in 2021? Well, I think the big thing is that no one's going to stop him one-on-one. And the Lakers came into this game and thought, whether it was Anthony Davis, whether it was Dwight Howard, uh, whether it was one of the guards that switched on to him, that they were going to be able to defend him one-on-one. And you can't do it. And right from the start, Giannis, you could tell, he didn't care that Anthony Davis was in front of him. He was just going to bully him out of the way and score over him, around him, through him. It didn't really matter. So I think the, the, the first point that you made with Anthony Davis in particular, of course, there was no LeBron. But theoretically, Davis has always been this guy that people tried to compare him to Giannis. If you're watching that game tonight, and for those to watch the ESPN broadcast, they torched Anthony Davis at halftime. <laughs> but understandably so, because you're looking at two guys that are supposed to be on a similar level, and they just weren't. Anthony Davis, 18 points on 18 shots. You already mentioned Giannis took 23 to get his 47. They had absolutely nothing for him tonight. I'm just surprised they just let him uh, go at him one-on-one because... He's too good for that. You talk about whether he's improved. 
he's just too physical for everyone. They, they can't handle him one-on-one. We saw that tonight. Perhaps the, the physicality or the added physicality in the league is helping him this season. Uh, but tonight was a classic Giannis performance. Follow Locked on Bucks for more about the defending champs. Coming up, the Jets have been searching for answers under center and now turn to former Super Bowl champion Joe Flacco. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all of the local, uh, all the parts you need at your local chain auto parts store. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time, save money. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? You don't have to do that. You don't have to give them their money. You don't have to give your money away. RockAuto.com is a family business. They serve do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. You don't know what these prices are, are supposed to be. I don't know what these parts are supposed to cost. So go somewhere where the prices are always reliably low for every customer go explore their easy to use website today and find a solution for all your auto parts needs go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you now here's what you need to be locked on today the magic put together a complete performance to take down the knicks this is philip Rossenreich, the host of locked on magic and the magic's walk-off interview on ballet sports floor just ended and jalen suggs is indeed a b-a-m-f you need to know what that stands for um i can't help you right now because uh ballet will get fined i won't um Orlando magic with a 104 96 win over the over the new york knicks and what was really uh, the most complete performance the magic have had all season uh, they had great moments from all their young guys with Franz Wagner scoring a, a humongous dunk to put the, mag- to put the Magic up by three, um, really give them some distance after they lost a 10-point lead behind a three-point barrage from Alec Burks. But everyone had their moments, whether it was you know, Terrence Ross, obviously the veteran, getting hot in the first half to keep the Magic in it when they were struggling to score. Cole Anthony making plays off the dribble to find guys. Mo Bamba with a big block. Wagner with the big dunk. Jalen Suggs hitting several big shots and it was probably his best game, making big defensive plays. This Magic team hasn't played a lot of close games this year. They've struggled to put together a 48-minute effort. They've struggled to withstand runs. They did all of that tonight. They withstood the run from the Knicks to start the fourth quarter. They made big plays down the stretch. They stepped up to get a humongous win. A big, big, big 104-96 victory for the Orlando Magic over the New York Knicks. An ugly win is still a win, and the Pistons get one on the Pacers. Your Detroit Pistons get a win tonight. Host of Lockdown Pistons podcast, Coop Hill here. This definitely wasn't a beautiful win. Definitely was a bit of an ugly win for the Detroit Pistons as they win 97-89 against the Indiana Pacers. The majority of the team really struggled shooting-wise. Kay Cunningham was 6 of 18. Sadiq Bay, 5 of 14. Jeremy Grant, 5 of 14. Trey Lyles, 2 of 8. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, 2 of 5. The one real guy who shot well from the field this game was Corey Joseph, everyone's favorite player, who shot 7-11 from the field, had 18 points, and played 18 straight minutes to end the game. I'm not too mad at it. He played pretty well, but I would like to know, that has any other Pistons this season played that long of a stretch at any point in time? I don't know. Uh, but I thought the Pistons played really well defensively, specifically on the Indiana Pacers, two big guys. Uh, Sabonis only had 15 points, but he was 4 of 7 from the field. Didn't really get many shots up. Miles Turner was 2 of 8 from the field. He only had 6 points. So I thought the Pistons did pretty well defensively, and obviously that's why they won this game. Though they did see some clutch moments from Kay Cunningham down the stretch in the fourth quarter. But... Ugly win for the Pistons, a win nonetheless that you'll take. 
And the Kings finish up a road trip of humility as they fell to the Timberwolves. The Kings went into this very winnable four-game road trip with hopes of 3-1 or maybe even 4-0. Instead, they go back to Sacramento with their tail between their legs after going 1-3 against four teams with a combined 18-37 and 37 record. They lose to a Minnesota Timberwolves team who had lost eight out of nine games. But hey, like I've said before, the Kings are the charity case of the NBA. They're a perfect team to get right against. Congratulations to the Timberwolves for getting the win. The Kings turned the ball over over 20 times. They did do a good job crashing the offensive glass, but it wasn't enough. Defensively, they fell apart uh, in the fourth quarter. De'Aaron Fox looked good in the fourth, couldn't get a foul to save his life. Uh, and in the end, the Kings, who came into this game with the eighth best offensive rating, lose to the Timberwolves, who came into this game with the fifth worst offensive rating. And the Kings struggled to score, meaning once again, the Kings played down to the level of their competition. The Big 12 issued a public reprimand of the Texas Tech football radio announcers and suspended them for this Saturday's game after the Red Raiders won this past Saturday. Play-by-play man Brian Jensen and analyst John Harris were quite critical of the officiating crew for the game, even going so far as to list off every individual referee's name. The Big 12 should be embarrassed. The Big 12 should be embarrassed with this group. We've only pointed out two guys. I'm going to read them all to you. Came from the broadcast. The conference said in a statement questioning the integrity of the conference officials and specifically calling out members of the officiating crew as well beyond appropriate and permissible behavior. You know who doesn't agree? Every fan of Texas Tech and and maybe every fan everywhere. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. Here are some lines to keep an eye out for betonline.ag. The Patriots, they are favored on the road against the Falcons, giving seven and a half in Atlanta. That is a lot, but BetOnline has a lot of confidence. In Thursday night's ACC football tilt, Louisville travels to face Duke. BetOnline.ag likes the Cardinals by 20 in this one. And a fun Western Conference matchup is on tap as the Clippers head to Memphis to take on the Grizz. BetOnline.ag has John Moran's side point and a half underdogs. For all your gambling needs, I like that one. BetOnline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get that welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. The legend Mike White is not going to be in the mix for the Jets on Sunday. And rookie Zach Wilson also not ready to go. So it is going to be... Super Bowl champion Joe Flacco starting under center for the New York Jets. Joining me now from Locked on Jets, John Butchko and John. I have to be honest, although I know this is not exactly what's going on, it does start, it's starting to get the feeling of like, well, we're going to see every quarterback we could possibly put in there, see what they can do because I don't know, Zach Wilson has not exactly lit the world on fire. Yeah, I, I think Zach Wilson's going to be back in the lineup when he's healthy. And I don't say the Jets are being smart that frequently, Peter, but <laughs> I do think it's a good idea to wait until he's 100% healthy. There's no point sure. in putting him back out there. And, you know, you, as you mentioned, he's struggled quite a bit. I wonder, and I, maybe it sounds like I'm making an excuse for him, but a report came out after week two that he suffered a groin injury week one. 
And I wonder to what extent maybe that messed around with his mechanics. Now, it doesn't explain everything. He's made some very suspect decisions, and he's really struggled to identify certain keys in defenses. So I'm kind of glad that they're letting him recover on his own terms. But yeah, like you said, Peter, this will be the fourth. Actually, Flacco is the fourth Jets quarterback to get snaps this year because the legend Mike White started a couple of games. Josh Johnson actually got into a game against the Colts when White got injured. And now we have Joe Flacco, though, Peter, it's not the record because I can tell you in 2005, the Jets played five quarterbacks. They had Chad Pennington, Jay Fiedler, Brooks Bollinger, Vinny Testaverde came out of retirement from his couch. and. Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury threw two passes in mop-up duty in the game against no Denver way. that year. Yeah, so that's that's a good trivia. So we still have one more to go to get to five quarterbacks. That That's great trivia, John, but I also have to, I, I'm contractually obligated to let you know there's a lot of season left, and so let's not count our chickens here because they, they could actually, absolutely be in the mix to break their own record on that one. I I, I do wonder about the idea of going to Flacco in the first place because they made a move to get Joe Flacco. This is a team that is not a playoff contender. Presumably they knew that going into the season from my standpoint, I'm going, wouldn't they have been better off just finding whatever practice squad, you know, flotsam they could get and starting him here. Like, is this, is this a Robert Sala culture thing? Like what is the upside of going with Flacco versus practice squad quarterback X? I think they're trying to win games. I mean, let's be honest. The Jets are going to have a tough time winning no matter who plays quarterback. I know Miami's not that good, but their odds are not great. I think that they just think Flacco gives them the best chance. I I think this shows you what they think of Mike White. The fact they traded for Flacco shows you what they think of Mike White. It shows me that they believe that the Mike White who threw four interceptions against Buffalo is a better representation of what he has to offer than the guy who threw for 405 yards against Cincinnati. I mean, I think it comes down to that. They think Flacco gives them the best chance to win. Now, I go back to this, and Peter, we spoke about this the day of the Flacco trade. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand how you go the whole offseason and not address the backup quarterback position. Then Zach Wilson goes down, and when your team's out of the race, and suddenly you decide we need to make a trade. So that's a different <laughs> discussion. I mean, that I could not answer for you. I think it's as simple as they think Flacco is their best option this week. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I think when Mike White goes out there, plays great against Cincinnati, you give him another start just to see what he can do. I think he earned the right to start that next game against the Colts and then played pretty well the first quarter of that game well enough that you give him another start. But I think it was a situation Mike White was going to have the job until he played himself out of the role because they don't really believe in him. And he played himself out of the role against Buffalo. Follow Locked on Jets for more. Coming up, the Falcons get a chance at revenge. Well, sort of. As they face the Patriots on Thursday night. Can Atlanta get a win and make a playoff run? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And if you haven't tried one, you're missing out. 
They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try it to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just difficult to, to eat, to want to eat. Built Bars are different. They're soft. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's just different. You know it when you taste it. But they're low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So you're eating something delicious and you don't have to feel bad about it. In fact, you can feel good because you're fueling your body the right way and it tastes great. And there's flavors for everyone. Salted caramel, double chocolate. I love the coconut brownie. All the coconut flavors slap real hard. And this month, Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check the website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. In a matchup, everyone remembers the New England Patriots take on the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday night. The Patriots riding high off a monster win against the Browns on Sunday and the Falcons fresh off a beatdown at the hands of the Dallas Cowboys. Joining me now from Locked on Falcons, Aaron Freeman. And Aaron, I am I am not going to bring up uh, the last time these two teams played, uh, but um, this is going to have a little bit of baggage, at least for fans in that way. But it's also a game that the Falcons need. They sit at four and five and are trying to stay in the playoff race I, I have to be honest, I have never believed in the Falcons this season. So what what do they what do they need to do on Thursday to to show us, to show me personally <laughs> that that they are a playoff team? Yeah, it's gonna be a, a big game for fans, and we'll see how big a game it is for the team coming off of that 40 point beatdown at the hands of the Dallas Cowboys after a big win against the Saints. And so you're getting this up and down roller coaster with the Atlanta Falcons, which is Probably not new to Falcon fans, and probably not new <laughs> just to the rest say. of the world when it comes to this football team. So I think, you know, the key, you've seen this Patriots offense really firing on all cylinders these last couple of weeks with Mac Jones, you know, really creating separation between him and this rest of the rookie draft class in terms of who's impacting right now. So the, the key for the Falcons is going to be slowing down this Patriots offense. And I think that starts with their run defense. We know the Patriots, even though they have a sort of opening things up. They're still going to be heavily reliant on their run game. And the Falcons throughout most of the season have struggled with that. But the last couple of weeks, they did a solid job. That was a big part of why they were able to beat the Saints. So if they can bring that sort of run game, that makes the Patriots a little bit more one-dimensional. Falcons defense hasn't been great against the pass. But, hey, you know, if you can take 50% of their offense off the table, then at least you have a shot there. So... The the Mac Jones part of this is is interesting to me because the Falcons were in a position to take a quarterback in this draft. They decided on Kyle Pitts. Mac Jones could have been someone that was in the mix there. Justin Fields, also a player they could have taken. Not that this is a referendum, you know, in sitting here in mid-November of the first season of that decision, but how do you view now that we've seen some of these guys? that decision, and by the way, seen Kyle Pitts be awesome lately. Um, how do you view that decision by the Falcons? Yeah, you know, that that decision has been, was and is and probably will continue to be a polarizing decision mm-hmm. uh, in Atlanta, where especially when you look at some of the success of quarterbacks like Mac Jones. And, you know, it's not to say that Matt Ryan is struggling. It's not to say that Kyle Pitts is struggling. 
but certainly you do wonder about the long-term future of this team at the quarterback position as you know father time is undefeated uh, and Matt Ryan at age 36 is is not getting any younger at this point in time and certainly you want to see the team start winning games and getting back to the postseason uh, which is they've been in, in a pretty long drought at this point in time uh, with Matt Ryan at the quarterback so certainly I think if Mac Jones is able to come into Atlanta and and lead the Patriots to a victory uh, it's it's certainly not going to make that decision to pass on a quarterback look better, uh, but certainly the Falcons aren't necessarily in this for the immediate value, I guess, although it seems like they were with the decision to stick with Matt Ryan. But it, it's one of those things where this is not going to be a quick turnaround for this team. I think that's been proven clear that they have a lot of ways to go before they're going to be really a, a contender. But certainly this year, uh, if they can start winning some games in this Thursday night game, I think uh, will help them that maybe they can sort of sneak into the back door in the NFC playoffs because we know there's five good teams in the NFC and then it's pretty much anybody else's guess to get one of those two wild card spots there. So the Falcons have a shot and it looks like, you know, the NFC South is sort of the front runners at this point in time with the Saints, Panthers and, and the Falcons sort of all vying for potentially two of those uh, last two spots. So we'll, we'll see if the Falcons can do so, but certainly I think, uh, it wouldn't necessarily make people feel better about that decision uh, if Mac Jones comes in here and, and looks like a multi-year veteran uh, against this Falcons defense. And finally, the Staples Center is getting a new name. Beginning Christmas Day, it will be called Crypto.com Arena. I promise you, this is not a joke. The price to change the name of an arena that's held the same name for 22 years, 700 million dollars yeah it's tough you know what i mean lakers fans and really sports fans in general obviously know that building as staples center lakers coach frank vogel said and i'm going to be honest i don't understand anyone getting precious about corporate sponsor names it would be just as weird if they kept an office supply company name on that building when no one goes to office supply stores anymore they might as well name it radio shack arena and people would still complain. I promise you that. Thanks for making Lockdown Today your first listen of the day. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets. Download and subscribe free and available on all platforms. Coming up Friday, we get you set for another big weekend of football. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.